Would you stand today as we get ready to pray for the word? We're going to mix it up a little, a little bit this morning. So those of you who are used to our normal rhythm, you know, sorry. You might be excited because we're doing things a little different. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. God, we just stand because we just stand in your presence in honor of who you are. And God, we pray today, God, as your word is communicated, the teaching comes to us. God, that you would allow us to hear and see things that we maybe would never hear and see on our own. We ask the Holy Spirit to open our ears and our hearts and our eyes. In Jesus' incredible name, amen. You may be seated. Hey, listen, uh, we are going to uh, continue our series that we started last week called Reveal. And today we're going to look at John chapter 14. And um, by the way, before we, we begin to read, because there's a little chunk of Scripture, and I want to just describe some stuff as we walk through this Scripture. But this is the same conversation uh, that we kind of had last week. Last week, John uh, came to the Gentiles and the Jews, and he was uh, having a conversation with them about who Jesus was. Now, this is the same story, except it's Jesus speaking to his most trusted followers, his 12 disciples, uh, at the Last Supper. And this is kind of that same conversation, but it's between Jesus and his disciples. Now, um, understand a few things before we read this. Jesus is about ready to go to the cross. He's about ready to be crucified and arrested on the claims of being the Son of God, uh, a king not of this world, and being the Messiah. And before Jesus goes to the cross, he wants to remind his disciples about a couple things. So uh, here is some of that story, and um, it's so incredible what Jesus says to these guys in John chapter 14. Uh, Remember, our series is called Reveal. And uh, last week, Jesus was revealing uh, to us that he is the Father. He came to us all the way to say, I'm the Father. And so much the Father, in fact, that uh, it's not reveal the same way you and I maybe would think reveal. Uh, Sometimes we think about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit being different persons, but we all know they're God. But it's not different persons like you and I are different persons because we're very different. It was actually the exact same God. He just looked different, and Jesus had a different function. Uh, So much, in fact, that if you have ever had a thought about Jesus that doesn't line up with who you think God is, even God in the Old Testament, then you're not thinking about God. Because Jesus came back to us to give us a perfect, fully disclosed, the word reveal means to hold nothing back, to reveal everything. So everything there is to know about the Father is found in the Son, Jesus. So here's Jesus coming to his 12 most trusted disciples, and here's what he says to them in John chapter 14. He starts off and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why were their hearts troubled? Well, some of you know that Jesus just got done telling them, I'm going to be leaving And I'm going to be going to the cross. I'm going to a place that you can't go. You can't be with me where I'm about to go. Now, they were very fearful of this because they were thinking to themselves, we have loved life with you, Jesus, over the last three years. We've got to see you do amazing things. We have experienced personally things in our life that we have never experienced before. We don't want you to go away. We have felt safe with you. And Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus continues. He said, 
you believe in God, well, of course they believed in God. Uh, all of the Jews believed in God. And, and these disciples, they were Jews. They, they all believed in God. They all knew about the God of the Old Testament. And that's who they served. So Jesus said, you all believe in God. And then he says to them, but don't just believe in God. I want you to also believe in me. What had Jesus been spending his time trying to help the disciples to understand? Jesus was saying, I am God revealed. So don't just believe in God, but I want you to believe in me. Isn't it funny that after three years of Jesus being with these guys, he was still with them, trying to convince them, trying to help them to understand, believe in me, believe in that that I am the son, believe that I am God. Verse number two says this, he says, believe also in me, I'm going to go to my father's house and it has many rooms. Now the father's house is just another way of saying he's going back to heaven to be with the father where the father's house is and it has many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. In other words, he's saying, I'm not a liar, I'm telling you the truth. Verse three. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you with me so that you will also be where I am. If you were last, here last week, you would understand that in the beginning, where was Jesus? He was in heaven with God the Father, face to face with God the Father as a perfect reflection of God the Father, revealing everything about who the Father is. The Holy Spirit was also there in the beginning and they shared perfect unity, perfect love, perfect relationship with each other in the beginning with no fears, no troubles, no worries, no concerns. It was amazing. And Jesus is telling the 12, he's saying, I'm going to bring you to that. I'm going to bring you with me where I was. Because I'm going back to perfect unity and perfect relationship with my father. And I want you to come with me. Verse 4, he says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Now, can you imagine Thomas in the middle of this conversation interrupts Jesus. I don't know about you, but if Jesus was talking, I mean, first of all, if, if my boss is talking to me, I don't interrupt him. I mean, if my parents are talking to me, I don't interrupt them. But Jesus was talking to his disciples, and Thomas interrupts him. Like, Thomas, you idiot. I don't ever call people idiots, but Thomas, you idiot. This is God. This is Jesus right here, and you're interrupting him. And he tells Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? It's like, Thomas, after all this time, after everything that Jesus said, I mean, there's nobody any closer to Jesus. You're one of the guys who's supposed to carry out this message of the world, and you're still confused. So don't feel bad if you're confused here today. Don't feel bad if you've been a believer for a long time, and your things are still uh, coming to, uh, to a place where you're like, aha, I get it. That was, that's what was happening here. Now, here's the, the core text for today. Here's Jesus' response to Thomas. Jesus answered. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Verse 7 says, if you really know me, you will know the Father as well. Jesus says, to know me is to perfectly know the Father. To know the Son is to know God because he is God. 
Jesus continues and he says, from now on, you do know him, God the Father, because you have seen him with your own eyes. Jesus is telling them, I am God. Stop searching for him because you see him. You are with him. Can you imagine that moment of the disciples being with Jesus? And here is Jesus saying, hey, it can't be any clearer than it is right here in front of you. God the Father can't be any more visible than he is with me right here, right now with you. Church, some of you have been wanting to know what God looks like. Some of you have been saying, God, if you would just show me something really cool, if you would show me a miracle, if you would reveal yourself to me some way, somehow, then I could really grab onto this thing about you and really believe in you. And, and God says, I did. I showed myself to you fully in the person of Jesus. So get back to your scriptures and get to know me. Today, I believe that just as Thomas was there with Jesus having a hard time understanding who God was, I believe that the church is also full of people still trying to figure out who God is. They love what Jesus did for them in providing a sacrifice and making a way back to the Father, but they still lack the understanding that everything that there is to know about God the Father is found in His Son. He fully revealed it to us, fully disclosed it to us. You know God because you have seen Him. Well, Today, Jesus drops a bomb on the believers. And he drops a bomb on the 12. And what is the bomb he's dropping off on us today? Last week, we talked about how Jesus came to reveal the Father. Today, we're talking about Jesus came to reveal the way. Because the disciples did not want to be left in this life alone without Jesus. So Jesus said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to make a way for you. So Jesus spoke direction to his disciples. He speaks direction to the church today. And he says something really huge to us. He says, I am the way back to the Father. Here's a few things that we can notice about the way. Number one, the way is a person. Jesus said, I'm the way in John 14. I am the way. There's, there's no other way. You can't find the way back to the Father through church attendance. You can sit in church every Sunday and still miss the gospel message and not have a relationship with Jesus and be missing it. You can, um, you can follow all of the religious practices you know how to follow, and you can still miss it. Why? Because those things are not the way. Is going to church important? Sure. Is reading your Bible important? Sure. Is praying important? Sure. Is doing the right thing important? Sure. But those things are not the way back to the Father. Jesus made it so clear for us. He said, there's no other way to the Father, but the way is actually through me. I am the path back to the Father. It's fair to say, based off of what we learned last week, that Jesus is actually God. It's fair to say, God has come back to lead you to himself. God has come back to lead you to himself. He loves you so much. He did not want to leave you without a relationship with him. He did not want to leave you in eternity without sharing that perfect union relationship that him, the Son, and the Holy Spirit experienced together in the beginning. He wanted to bring you 
in to that. So he has gone out on a search for you to show you the way through his son Jesus. The way is a person. He says, hey, come join me. Jump on the path. Jump on the road back to me. You know, isn't it funny that getting back to God, finding that path, finding that road, finding that way, it's really the ultimate pursuit of everybody. Even people who don't consider themselves believers. I mean, think about it. Everyone is trying to find their way to peace. The Bible, in fact, says at the very end, there is going to be a one world government in the pursuit of peace and happiness. What people don't understand is that peace is actually the name of God. It's in his name. He is peace. People are looking and searching for a way back to peace. They're looking and searching for a way back to unify, to unity. Well, who is that? Where is that place? It's with the Father. Every religion is in pursuit of this. And isn't it so amazing that what we call the Bible, this is the oldest historical document that we have about God. This is the oldest historical document that gives a full disclosure of who God in heaven is. It's full of history. It's full of eyewitness accounts of Christ. It's full of, 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 of his teachings and of his life. It's full of incredible uh, writings on wisdom and beautiful poems about life. It's full of, of wisdom on how to live in this life and be blessed in this life. There's not a book on the planet earth that comes close to rivaling how much the Bible has actually been printed. And now digitally, there's nothing, there's no other book, there's no other document that has been researched, read, more time spent, more man hours, think about it, more man hours spent reading than the Bible itself. It is God revealed to you and I. He wanted to make sure that everybody knew the way back to peace. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I am the way. It's so amazing to me that in the middle of all this, there are still some people that say, all paths lead to God. There maybe are still some in this audience that believe that all paths lead to God. That to get to the Father, I have to be just a good person. Um, To get to the Father, I'm just going to make my wrongs right. To get to the Father, which is impossible. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's impossible to make every one of your wrongs right. Um, well, maybe if I just go to church a little bit, then I'll find my way back to the Father wrong. It just doesn't work that way. God of heaven declared to us that the path back to him is through his son. Let's talk about this person. A, the way leads us back to peace in your notes. The way leads us back to peace. We saw John 14, 1, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because I've got a way for you. And this way is paved with peace. I don't know if you have any troubles in your life. You know, Pastor Landon came up after the, one of the songs we just got set, done singing about uh, just being, being in the fire and being surrounded by ashes. I don't know if you're somebody. I don't know what the ashes are for you. But he's peace. And he's way, the way out of the ashes for you. All of humanity, they're in pursuit of the way out of the ashes. They're looking for peace. They're looking for escape from their troubled heart. And they try to find it in religion or the pursuit of things. People even look for a way of escape in their own personal faith. Yeah. 
non-believers, man, people who don't believe in this message of the gospel, they have strong faith and they have strong belief and strong hope in things like there's no afterlife. They have strong hope in things like there's no life after death. God is not the only way. I can be a good person and still spend eternity with God. And they hold on to it. They hold firmly yet so many of them. And some of you were them. Maybe there's some in this audience still. So many of people still find themselves in seats just like you, searching for real peace and looking. And they're knocking on the door. Maybe you're knocking on the door today. And God's on the other side saying, hey, here I am. I'm trying to make it clear for you. I am the way. I'm going to tell you, don't let your hearts be troubled. I am the way. And my way, it's paved with peace. John says in 14, uh, 12, towards the, towards the very end of this whole dialogue that we see Jesus having with his disciples. And he kind of starts with saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he ends this conversation. He said, by the way, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I don't give it as the world give it gives it. It's not temporary. It's not here today and God tomorrow, but I give it to you forever. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. When you follow the way who is a person, Jesus, the way leads us in peace. And the way also leads us to a place. John 14, we see Jesus having this conversation. He says, I'm going to a place and this place is actually my father's house. He says, that's where I'm going. I don't want to bring you there with me. The Father's house is heaven. I love how he uses the word house. I love how he uses the word room. He says, my child, I want you to come home. I have a room waiting for you. Isn't it devastating for all of you who you moved out of the house and you went to college and you came back home and your parents took your mums off of the wall and your cheerleading trophies off of the wall? Isn't that such a sad day? You're like, I don't have a room anymore. What are they going to do with my stuff? And your mom cried as it went down. And your dad was like, yes, finally, we get to, I get to have my man cave that I've been dreaming of my whole life. You know, and you come home and, and, and your moms are now huge speakers on the wall and a gigantic TV. Like, what a great day for dads. Have you ever had somebody prepare a place for you, a room? Anybody? Have you ever gone to visit anybody and you show up and your favorite drink is there? I know this is nothing like heaven, but Dr. Pepper can be a lot like heaven. And when, when I show up somewhere and I've got an ice cold Dr. Pepper waiting for me and, and maybe a journal or a new Bible and, or maybe some water or whatever your favorite drink is <clears throat> um, and everything is prepared perfectly because somebody took time to know me and know what I love and know what I cared about. I came and I felt like I was at home. I felt love. The place, the room that God is preparing for you is nothing like that. It's so much better. He knows every desire of your heart. He knows every one of your favorite things. And he is preparing a place for you to be with him. He doesn't want you to come home like you did from college and it wasn't your room anymore. You're like sleeping in the den. No, you're coming back to a room that was created just for you. Second Corinthians 5 and 8 says something really cool about this life on earth. He says, yes, we can be fully confident and when we would rather be away, he's saying, we would rather be away from these earthly bodies. Why? Why would we want to be away from these earthly bodies? Because these are temporary. 
We saw our grandma yesterday uh, in the casket, and, and I just I looked at my daughter and I said, that's not grandma. That, that, was just, that was just her body here on earth, but that's actually not grandma. Grandma's in heaven. Uh, <laughs> Ellie told my daughter, or Ellie told my wife on the way home yesterday, she said, Mom, it was really great that we got to see grandma's skin again. <laughs> One last time. <laughs> I was like, okay. Because when we're done with these skins, we get to be at home with the Lord. I mean, what a, what a great place to go to, back to our room, a place that he prepared for us. I'm so glad that I'm not going to be in my skin forever, and I'm so grateful. I just want to thank, thank you in advance for those of you who are going to come and see my skin one last time if you're still around when I die. Uh, the second thing about the way, so we're noticing a few things about the way. The way is a person, and the way is new. Somebody say, the way is new. Jesus said, I am the way. This is a brand new concept for the listeners of the day. The way is just a figure of speech for, uh, for saying that it's a road. And Jesus was dropping a bomb on the listeners of the day. He was telling them, hey, I know that you understand that the way back to the Father was through obeying the Ten Commandments. The way back to the Father was also that when you failed the Ten Commandments, you couldn't go back to the Father. You were not in right standing with Him. And so the way to get back in right standing was to follow the law of Moses. It's found in the Torah. It's found in the first five books of the Bible. Isn't it amazing that the Jews called the first five books of the Bible the way? Isn't that amazing? And Jesus comes back to the audience speaking their language and he drops a bomb on them and he says, hey, that's not the way anymore. I'm the way. It was like a bomb and they loved, they loved their Torah. They loved their religion. They loved following the Ten Commandments. But isn't it so funny that as much as they loved them, they had to keep going back over and over and over again because they kept failing the Ten Commandments. They couldn't do it. And they loved us so much. And so many people today had such a hard time with Jesus coming and saying, I am the way. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll be like, thank you, Lord. I'm tired of carrying these sheep on my back back to the temple uh, every year. I'm tired of bringing my grain offerings and carrying all my junk. I'm tired of paying for all this stuff because I can't afford it. I'm trying to feed my family. And, and year after year, I got to keep bringing this stuff back to make myself right with him. And I'm just tired of that. I'm so glad you're the new way. You know, our justice system works the same way. There always has to be a payment for a wrong every time. That's how our government works. So many of you got tickets in here. You, you get it, right? You, you get a ticket, you are wrong. Bad you. Just pay up. As soon as you pay up, cool. Off your record. Done deal. Well, after a period of time also, because we're also going to punish you. And we're also going to, insurance is going to charge you a little extra wrong because you did wrong. But once you pay your penance, once you pay up with your money and with your time, and you feel bad enough, hopefully you will never speed again. Wrong, lie, it's not going to work. Um, then everyone's going to forgive you. When you break your promises here on this earth, and you tell the bank, I will pay you every month on time for the house that I am buying, but I'm, I'm bar- borrowing because I really don't own it. I'm borrowing it. And, and when you fail that system and you break your promises, sometimes it's by neglect, sometimes it's just hard circumstances, you're going to pay. That house is going to be taken from you. You're going to feel really bad about it. It's going to be awful. It's going to rock your world. It's going to ruin your life possibly. And then it's going to ruin your credit for a long time. 
But after you pay, then you can be back in good standings with the bank and they'll loan money to you again. And that's what it was like when people were trying to find the way back to the Father. It was like they just couldn't do it. It was impossible. And Jesus came and said, I'm the way. You don't have to pay anymore. I'm the way to make your wrongs right. It blew away the listeners of the day. It was amazing. It's amazing that Jesus was really telling them, when I died on the cross for you, my way was so great, so great, that I carried every wrong and every payment for every wrong on my back. And I went and paid for every one of you, all of humanity, all of the world. So a payment never has to be paid again. No one ever has to pay again because I'm the new way. That's a mind, I mean, I've been serving Jesus for 20 years, half of the length of some of you, and I am blown away at the sacrifice that Jesus made. I am blown away that he is the way. This way is full of grace. It's a way full of grace, this new way. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Man, grace is the new way for wrongs to be made right. So scandalous, so not right. Our society has a hard time understanding that because we make sure that people pay for their wrongs here on earth. We have whole systems built up around it. But Jesus says, so scandalous, you don't have to pay for your wrong. I'm paying for you. It's like, what? You're going to let him off the hook? What? Yeah, and I'm also going to let you off the hook. This way is full of grace. Next we see, it's a way full of freedom. Romans 8, 1 through 4. Check this out. So now, there is no condemnation. What is condemnation? Judgment. We just talked about that. There's judgment on earth. For every one of your tickets, a judgment comes to you, and you have to fulfill that judgment. You have to pay that judgment. Jesus says, so now, because Jesus is the way, there's a new way. There is no judgment, no payment. You don't have to make your wrongs right for those who belong in Jesus. He is the power of the life-giving spirit. He has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. (laughs) The law of Moses was unable to save us. Aren't you glad God sent his son, Jesus? He was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. We are totally unable of following the Ten Commandments, dot every I and cross every T. So God did what the law couldn't do. The law couldn't make you perfectly right for God. So he sent his son, Jesus, and did it for you continue reading then it says in verse 3 the law of Moses was unable to save us because of our sinful nature so God did what it couldn't do it's amazing so essentially anybody who decides to follow the way can experience grace along the way and it can experience freedom along the way I remember when I made the decision to follow the way 
I grew up in a really dysfunctional home like many of you did. And the dream of every parent is that they would, they would do a little bit better than their parents and that their kids would do a little better than them and, and on and on and on. And, and my parents did that. They did way better than their parents. It's amazing what their parents walked through. My wife and I have done a little better than our parents. It's their dream. They're pushing us. And we hope that Ellie and our kids do better than us. But I can remember growing up in my home and I had no sense of self-worth. School was so difficult for me. I graduated high school with an accumulative GPA of a 2.3. That's failing, people, okay? That's failing. It's like, well, it's like barely not failing, but it's failing. So I can say I didn't fail, but I, I barely not failed. The moment I gave my heart to Christ, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do with my life. Because before that, I had no aspirations. I couldn't pass a stinking test. It was frustrating. So why in the world would I want to go to college? If I don't go to college, how am I going to pick a career path? If I don't pick a career path, I'm going to be stuck working at McDonald's the rest of my life. I saw myself as being in poverty. I saw myself as not being a type of a man that any woman would want to be with. Being unsuccessful. The moment I gave myself to the way... God changed everything for me as he has changed everything for you. He is amazing. And if you haven't made a decision to follow the way, the third thing to wit today is the way is a choice. It's a choice. I want you to know that God already made his choice. He said, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. God made his choice and his choice in your notes is you. His choice is you. He made his choice. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, it says, even before God made the world, he made a choice for you. He loved us and chose us to be in Christ and to be along the way with Christ. And when he looked at you, he would find no fault in your, in his eyes. You would be perfect in his eyes. Everyone on this earth is going to get a chance to choose the way. No one's going to walk through this planet without the opportunity to choose the way. Jesus was telling us, as he told the disciples, I'm the way. And the Father came all the way, God of heaven. What is God like? He's just like Jesus. As a matter of fact, he is Jesus. He came all the way to this earth to say, I love you, and I am preparing a place for you so that when your skin is done here on earth, you can come back to the home that I had in the room that I have perfectly made up for you. And I made my choice. My choice is you. Now, the choice is yours. All you've got to do is choose me back. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. What a beautiful gospel. What an amazing God. Our takeaway today is this, that Jesus came to reveal the way. It is my way home. Just say that to yourself in your heart. Even if you haven't committed to being a Christ follower yet. Just like humor me. Like say it in your heart. Jesus came to reveal the way. It is my way home. The choice is mine. So that's where we sit today. That's where we are today. He's the way.